what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. And to say this morning that you can't be saved, that you've gone too far. It's an insult to the finished work of Christ. Stop it. Stop it. You can be saved if you want to be saved. If you'll furnish the sinner, he'll furnish the Savior. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of Philippians chapter 3. The book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, move down if you will to verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, pressing toward the mark. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister Your Word. Lord, I thank You for all the work that's been done here in this sanctuary over the past several months. Lord, I thank You for keeping everyone safe and making everything go as smoothly as it did. And Lord, we praise You and worship You today for this great work for which you have done. But Lord, we thank you most of all today for your great work on Calvary's cross, the blood that was shed there that we might be able to come before your throne of grace today. And Lord, as I stand before the people today, I realize that there are many needs out there. Lord, and there are questions, Lord, that only you can answer and needs that only you can meet. And I only have words today. Lord, I ask today that you anoint me to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, anoint you people to hear and receive of your word. The questions might be answered and the needs might be met. Lord, that we all might be drawn a little closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. The last service that we had in this church was on May the 7th of this year. The church voted to renovate the sanctuary here, and we knew it was going to be quite an undertaking. The building had not been renovated since 1956, I believe I'm correct on that. So a number of things needed to be done around here, and the church voted to do this thing, and we knew that 
it was going to take some time in order for all this work to be done. We thought for sure we'd be in here by homecoming Sunday. Didn't think it would be a problem. But last Sunday, there was still quite a bit of stuff left on the to-do list. The contractors, things they needed to do. The pews were not screwed into the floors and some of them had not been repaired and put together and whatever the case. Just a number of loose ends and someone asked me, Preacher, are we going to be able to have church, we're going to be able to have homecoming in the sanctuary next Sunday? And I said, we're going to press toward that mark. And this morning you're sitting here in this sanctuary because a group of people came together and worked hard this week. I think the contractors didn't get out until Wednesday. Am I correct on that? I know the piano got moved and the sound system, none of the wiring had been run for that. There was just a lot of things that had to happen in order for you to sit in this sanctuary today. And everybody, every member in this church participated in making that happen. And we've got a beautiful sanctuary today. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Now, some of you are sitting here this morning, and you're saying, well, Brother James, I don't know that I did anything. I don't know that I contributed anything to this today. Well, there's an offering plate at the back door, and we've got one right up here. Be sure you feel to check out the Friendship Church, make it out and whatever the amount the Lord leads you to do, and you will have contributed. But we press toward the mark to make this happen this week. The Apostle Paul likened our Christian experience to that of running a race. Somewhere out there, there is a line, a mark, if you will, that we all must cross in order to finish our course. And let me tell you, this Christian experience is not without difficulties and problems. There are difficulties and problems to the Christian, and many times they are serious. And we as Christians need to get it in our minds, like the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to forget the things which are behind, and I'm going to press toward that mark. I can't see it out there, but I'm going to press toward that mark. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make heaven my home. Well, what do you have to do? You have to place your faith in Christ and what he did for you at Calvary's cross and maintain it and keep it there. And you say, well, Brother James, that don't seem like much. It's harder than you think. 
Because every temptation that hell throws your way is but for one purpose, and that is to pull your faith away from Christ and what he did for you at Calvary. We must keep our faith maintained in Christ, and if we'll do that, one day we will cross that finish line. We will reach that mark. And if there's a cross on our back, we're going to heaven. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. You must take up the cross daily and follow him. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit will work in your life. He will point out things in your life that does not need to be there. And then you're to walk after the Spirit. Do what God tells you to do. About a year after becoming the pastor here at Friendship, the Lord opened up the door for us to go on the Go Mix Christian Radio Network. Lord only knows the phone calls, the letters, the emails, the messages that we've received over the years. But one in particular that stands out in my mind, there's an inmate and I'll be circumspect with this. He's pulling a life sentence. And he contacted me about six years ago. And in the letter he wrote how much the radio program was a blessing to him in whatever the case. And we've remained in contact over these past few years. I hadn't heard from him in a month or so and got a message from him. He had been placed in solitary confinement. And in that letter he wrote and said that the powers of darkness came against him like never before. He said, preacher, I heard a voice. The voice said that it was God, and because of certain things that I had done in my past, I would not be forgiven. The voice went on to say, you have hurt little children, and there will not be any forgiveness for you. He said the voice was so real. So convincing that he prayed to God and said, Lord, if this is you, give me a sign. Let me see some lightning out of this small window and let the lights go out in this place. In less than an hour's time, he saw the lightning flash in that window and the lights went out in that prison this voice that claimed to be God, followed by signs and wonders. He asked me the question in that letter, Preacher, am I saved? It was so real, it was so convincing with the signs. Am I saved? 
Have I done so much evil? Have I done so much wickedness in my past that I cannot be saved? Help me, preacher. I want to be saved, but this voice is so real. First of all, let me say this. I've been saved ever since I was 12 years of age. I have never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. Now, I'm not saying that God can't speak to people. He most definitely can. He can do whatever He wants to do. He's God. But I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. However, He has spoke to me many times in my spirit as I have read and studied His Word. Okay? Understand that. So the first thing that concerned me with this inmate was that he was actually hearing an audible voice. So I wrote him back, and I said, if you are hearing an audible voice, you might need to get checked out. There are medical conditions, and and this is not funny, I mean, there are literal physical ailments that people can get. And they hear things that are not there. Uh, it can be a psychosis or schizophrenic or whatever the case, whatever. I'm not a doctor and I don't know nothing about any of that kind of stuff. But there are issues like that and people can have these issues and doctors can identify these things and prescribe medication to help you with these types of issues. So that was my first recommendation to this inmate was to get checked out and come to find out that years ago he had been in a car wreck and had gotten some brain damage and was suffering from schizophrenic and whatever and had been on some medication. And these things were under control until he was put into that solitary confinement. Something triggered his medical condition But let's just say, for the sake of argument today, that that voice that he heard was real. He actually heard that, and it said it was God. Was it God? No. Because what was said does not line up with this book that I hold in my hands, the Holy Bible, the King James Version. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this world, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This book tells me that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This book says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the book says, and my friend, I'm whosoever. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. Don't let the devil tell you today that you've done too much, that you've done too bad. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he died for the worst of crimes that were ever committed by a human being. And to say this morning that you can't be saved, that you've gone too far, 
It's an insult to the finished work of Christ. Stop it. Stop it. You can be saved if you want to be saved. If you'll furnish the sinner, he'll furnish the Savior. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You don't have to furnish $20,000 in an offering plate. Make the check out to P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina. <laughs> Spend every dime you got. Give it to the church, but it's not going to earn you a place in heaven. The only thing that's going to get you there, ladies and gentlemen, is your faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross. And that's it. There is no other way. There is no other way. Like it, leave it, lump it, whatever, get mad with me, whatever you want to do. 252-299-4234. There is no other way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus said. That's the book. I'm just a messenger boy. Don't like what I preach? There's the door. I'm not changing. We're going by the book. Well, what about the signs, Brother James? I understand the voices. It might be a medical condition. And, you know, if what is being said doesn't line up with the book, then it's not God. But, Brother James, how do you explain the signs? This inmate asked for a sign of God and was very specific in his prayer. And he saw the lightning flash and, and, and the lights went out in that prison. What do you say about that? There's coming a time in the not too distant future that the Antichrist and the false prophet will step on the scene of this world. And the Bible says that they deceived the whole world with signs and lying wonders. I don't care if it's a voice or a sign. If it doesn't line up with this book, you ignore it. Don't pay it any mind. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 38, the just shall live by faith. It didn't say the just shall live by signs and wonders. Before the apostle Paul got saved, he was known as Saul. In Acts chapter 8, the Bible says he made havoc of the church. He entered into every house hailing men and women and committing them to prison. He actually killed some of them. And he was responsible for the stoning of Stephen. The Bible says that the witnesses that stood there that day laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. They stoned Stephen. And as the stones were falling upon him, he cried out to God, and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And he died. The apostle Paul stood there that day and he witnessed all of this. And the convicting power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. If there's one thing we need in the church today, 
is the power of conviction. That is something that is missing in the modern church today. Conviction. Unless a sinner feels the gloomy darkness of hell that he's headed toward because of the sin in his life, unless they are made aware of this, they cannot be saved. They must recognize that they are a sinner. They must recognize that there is a punishment for that sin, the eternal lake of fire. And they must realize that there is one Savior, Jesus Christ, that died on a cross, and by placing their faith in Christ... That's the only way they can be saved. When that message is preached, the Holy Spirit brings conviction to the heart of the listener. I'm going to make all of you feel welcome. But when I start preaching this book, you might feel a little bit uncomfortable, and I hope you do. Because if you don't feel uncomfortable a little bit, then I'm not doing my job. It's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work. Not me, not my oracle ability, not my education. Lord, no, none of that. It sure ain't my looks. You didn't have to laugh that loud. I, a simple nod of the head would have been... It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But you see, the modern church today, we, we're so concerned about making everybody feel comfortable. Don't preach anything negative. Don't say anything that's going to make people feel bad. Well, I wish I could preach something like that all the time. But this book is a book of positive and negatives, and you have to preach the whole counsel of God, people. And the convicting power came upon Paul, then known at that time as Saul. People respond to the convicting power of the Spirit different ways. Sometimes people come to the Lord immediately. Sometimes people struggle with it over a period of time. They try to ignore it. Others get angry. And this is what happened to Saul. He got angry. The Bible says that he breathed out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord and went to the high priest, got letters to Damascus, that if he found any in this way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he came near to Damascus, suddenly there shined a light around about him. And the power of God literally knocked him off his horse. God knows what to do to get your attention. When you buck up against God's convicting power, He knows what it's going to take to open your eyes and get your attention. And this right here got His attention. And He said, Yes, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And the Lord used the Apostle Paul. Changed his name from Saul to Paul. 
gave him the meaning of the cross. The disciples, they witnessed Calvary, but they didn't understand it. It was to the Apostle Paul that it was given the meaning of the cross, and he gave it to us in the book of Romans. He wrote over half the New Testament, the Apostle Paul did. The Apostle Paul was one of the greatest examples of what a true born-again believer ought to be that was ever produced by the Holy Spirit. But his past haunted him. Y'all hear that wind blowing outside? That's the wind of the Spirit. And suddenly there was a, a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Paul was haunted by his past. Like I said, he had put Christians in prison and had murdered many of them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I think he was speaking about this. He said, There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul received so much knowledge from the Lord regarding the meaning of the new covenant that pride began to be an issue. And the Lord allowed this demon spirit to buffet him, to speak to him. There you go with them voices again. And you can imagine what that message was all about. Look at what you did back there. Look at the lives you destroyed. Look at the people that were killed. Because of you. And you think God's going to forgive you for that? He'd lay his head down on his pillow at night and he could see their faces. He could hear their cries and their screams. Stephen, he can still hear the sickening sound as the stones fell upon him and the bones broke. He could hear it. This messenger of Satan just driving it home, just constantly keep bringing it back, bringing it back. The past, the past, the past. He said, I sought the Lord about this thing three times that it might depart from me. And the Lord said, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient. For you, grace. What is grace? If you want to know what grace is, look at Calvary's cross. That's grace, ladies and gentlemen. Every single one of us. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God in a place called hell. But Jesus Christ came before God and said, I'll take man's place. He died the worst death that a person could even begin to imagine. Suffered and died there for your sins and my sins. And he atoned for every sin. 
every sin, the sin of mankind from, from Adam and Eve right on up to today and on into the illimitable future for everyone who will come to him and say, Lord, please forgive me. Wash me and cleanse me with your precious blood. He'll do it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's grace. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And let me tell you something. God's grace is sufficient for you and I today as well. But we're in a war. Satan's going to do everything he can to pull you away from the finished work of Christ. We're in a war. The Apostle Paul said, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we're all walking in the flesh today. The flesh is what you have to have to relate in this world, to live in this world. Flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't go to the gun shop and buy a gun and shoot the devil. Oh, wouldn't that be easy? I can look at you right now. Some of you wish you had a gun and could shoot the devil. How many of you want to shoot the devil? Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm going to have to say it because there's a lot of people here today that needs to be said, okay? About a year from now, there's a stronghold in this nation that needs to come down. There's a stronghold in this nation that needs to come down. Number one, you need to pray for the elections next year. Number one. Number two, you need to go to the polls and you need to vote and you need to vote right. The policies that we've had the last three to four years do not work. They're not of God. And you don't need to be voting for such. Vote for policies that line up with this book and pull down that stronghold that's in this country, that's destroying this country today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. But the one major stronghold in our lives is the sin nature. And there's only one way to pull down that stronghold. And that is simple faith in Christ. Who he is and what he did on Calvary. And when you place your faith there, the Holy Spirit will come inside and he will begin to pull down that stronghold that's in your life. And the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do what verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. And every high thing, listen to this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff here to talk about. This inmate that heard this voice 
the message that was given to him was exalting itself above the knowledge of God. And he said, you need to cast down that imagination. Some of you in this place, many of you listening by radio today, you're haunted by your past. Satan keeps bringing it up, bringing it up. If that ain't bad enough, people keep bringing it up, bringing it up. And it's hard to get over things that have gone on in the past. But Paul said, I'm forgetting those things. How was he able to forget those things? By renewing his mind in what the Word of God says. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God have to say about you now? Now that you've accepted Christ as your Savior, I know what the world says, but what does God have to say? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Present yourself a living sacrifice. Now, when a sacrifice was offered up, when the priest would cut the throat of the little sheep and the hot blood would pour out, it would fall on the ground and die, dead. But Paul said, present yourself a living sacrifice. There's only one sacrifice that died and rose from the grave. And that's Jesus Christ. You need to present yourself to Calvary every day. Jesus said, again, if you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. Every single one of us are going to cross that mark one day. The question is, is there going to be a cross on your back? Has the blood been applied to the doorpost of your heart? He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. What you present yourself to is what you're going to be like. Let me preach in the parking lot. I don't think the people heard me. Check out the sound system, Dole. I don't think the people heard what I said. What you present yourself to is what you're going to wind up being like. If you present yourself to the trash and the filth that comes over your television set, Cinemax, HBO, Netflix, Hulu, garbage, if you present yourself to that filth, that's what you're going to wind up being like. He said, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You need to be careful the environment that you put yourself in. This church is open every Sunday morning. Sunday school at 845, worship service at 10 o'clock, Wednesday night service. 7 o'clock every Wednesday night. 
The radio program is on WAGO 88.7, a bunch of other stations. 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, Thursday nights at 6.30, same stations. WLLY in Wilson, seven, no, six, five days a week, 8 o'clock in the morning. But whether you present yourself to our programming or not, you need to listen to something that's going to feed your spirit. Whatever you present yourself to, that's what you're going to be like. And you need to put yourself in an environment that's conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. In order for you to be what God wants you to be, that's what you're going to have to do. That's what it's going to take in order to get to that mark. It took a lot of work for us to be in here today. A lot of people working round the clock, day and night, trying to make it happen. Y'all know. Y'all know the work that went in for us to be in here today. But let me tell you, it's going to take some work on your part in order to cross that finish line. Paul said, I'm pressing toward that mark. We've got to renew our minds in what the Word of God says. He said... Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've got to remove, renew our minds, what the Bible says. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Or Brother James, I've done this, I've done that, it doesn't matter. God will forgive you if you'll mean it, if you'll ask Him. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. That means that in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, you died with Christ. The old you died with Christ. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. The word baptism throws some people. Immediately, our mind goes to water baptism. But the word baptize means to come into union with, to come into union with Christ. When Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb, all your sins were buried in that tomb with him. Buried. And my friend, if it's dead and buried, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. This inmate that I was talking about, he's serving a life sentence. Somebody looked it up, found out what he did, and began to tell me. I said, no, stop. I don't, I don't need to know. It, it was terrible. Well, Brother James, don't you want to know who it is you're talking to? It doesn't matter. If the man is saved, the old man is dead and buried. All of his sins is buried. I don't need to know all that filth. I don't need to know. I can better pastor you by not knowing certain things. If you want to counsel with me, just be circumspect about it. I don't need to know all the details about what you be doing and could care less. I can better pastor you not knowing 
And people will dig up your past. They'll throw it in your face. But what does the book say? The book says that when Jesus died on Calvary, the old me died with him. When he was buried in that tomb, my union with him, all my sins is buried with him. And stop digging up bones. Stop it. Stop digging up the past. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. The lake of fire. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. Stop allowing Satan to bring up your past. The Apostle Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. means that there's going to have to be some effort put into it. Your Christian experience, you can't put your Christian experience on cruise control. Cruise control is nice, but it's not going to ultimately get you where you need to be. There comes a time when you're going to have to put your foot on the brake. There comes a time when you're going to have to turn right or left. Some decisions are going to have to be made. And that's, that, that's entirely up to you. But you've got to press toward that mark. You've got to have it in your mind. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make heaven my home. I'm not giving up my faith. It doesn't matter what family says. It doesn't matter what church members say. It doesn't matter what my boss says. He's going to cut my pay. He's going to do I'm not giving up my faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Not going to do it. I'm not going to hell for nobody. And that's the mindset that you've got to have today. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make heaven my home. And right before Paul died, he wrote Timothy and he said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. My friend, I hope and pray that when that time comes, we can all say that. Because the only thing that's going to get you there is your faith in what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary. Today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact.
contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy, and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.